TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're sitting in the rain-cooled city of Austin, Texas. Getting tired of this 103, 104 degree heat. Over a dozen days in a row. You saw a guy on the street saying, it's not hotter than hell. <laughs> and I felt like adding, but it ain't far off. It was a guy standing on the street corner with a yeah. sign. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're fired up, man. We've got a live guest. We're talking Formula One. We got all sorts of good stories because uh, it's a week off for Formula One. But we're going to talk about the big news this week, the halo that was in the news. We're going to talk lots of different stories, including Haas F1, their drivers. And and uh, we've got a live guest coming on because... Uh, he raced in the IMSA series. Patrick Lindsay is going to join us. He's and, a badass. He yep. is. <laughs> you know, he joined us uh, during one of the previous uh, Lone Star Lamar weekends out at Coda. And, uh, yeah, he, he's a solid racer. He's into a lot of things himself. But uh, he's got a great racing history. It's gone on quite a while. And, and uh, right now he's running Porsches. He runs not just runs a Porsche, but he runs the Park Place Porsche team, motorsports team. Yeah, and and not and the and the car, the particulars on the car oh, are the really fascinating because it's a brand new Porsche, and we're going to talk a lot about that as well. And I tell you what, Porsche are very serious about him because every time he wants to get a, a, a co-driver, they send a factory boy over to drive with him. Jorg <laughs> Bergmeister is his current um, associate or friend or. Teammate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's pretty impressive. I always think for any driver to be, you know, placed next to an Earl Bamber or, a, or a, you know, anybody like that, um, you know that you've got to perform. So he, he is a badass, no question. Yep. So I'll tell you what, guys, let's, uh, let's jump in a little bit and talk just a little Formula One. I want to start with, we've got a bunch of stories and some of these are gonna, we're going to go in depth on. But just real quick, I want to touch on Haas F1 deciding to stick with the, with the cards they got. And I think it's a great, great decision. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. That's one of those things that, you know, last year we were seeing uh, Esteban Guterres having some tough times, some bad luck, things like that. But these two guys, they mesh well together, you know, personality-wise, and they're definitely performing well. And I, I, think, uh, I think that's showing not only with what we see on the track, but amongst the team, they seem to be gelling more. Yeah, yep. and I think that is an important factor, especially for a new team. I think I'd, I'd be bold enough to say that the two best combinations in Formula One are Lewis Hamilton uh, and Vitaly Bottas, uh, Valtteri Bottas and um, Grosjean and uh, Magnussen. The, the reason being... Wow, that, that is a big statement. Well, yeah. the reason being that there's no question um, that Bottas coming in is obviously a secondary to the, the you know, a three-time Formula One world champion. 
Um, but isn't there to make up the numbers, and Lewis knows that. But Valtteri, you know, and Valtteri, I hope, challenges him further. Um, but, you know, it, it's a compass, you know, it, it, everybody is aware that there's a, a synergy in that team. And I think that's the case with Grosjean and um, Magnussen. Magnussen, um, you know, is thankful for the third chance, remember. He's ridden, driven for th- three teams now. Um, and I think he too will get quicker and quicker. And I think the performances he's putting on uh, are pushing Grosjean even further because he's not, he's out qualified Grosjean. Not every time, but he has done, I think most recently um, in Austria. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, imp- I've always been impressed with Magnussen. And I also like the way the Dens and uh, the Danes and the Finns, you know, they're, they're very laid back folk you know and to be fast and laid back as Kimmy has proven um over the years yeah. um but it, you know it, it's that calmness it's that sense of you know uh, maybe something actually wouldn't mind asking uh Patrick Lindsay about because it, clearly if he's a as well as a racing driver he's a an airline pilot of very very fast um planes you've got to have a cool calm demeanor about you and I think um that's what that's what I like about both Magnuson and Bottas well, I don't disagree because I am uh, I'm happy. You know, I'm a huge Haas F1 fan, so I want to see that stay. And I think um you know, they are they missed out at um Silverstone, but um when I say missed out, they could have gone ahead of Toro Rosso, but they didn't score points. And I think and they're currently on, I believe 29, which is what they scored last year. So, I think we should kind of put a, a, a you know, a speed city counter uh, for the day that when they surpass in their year two what they did in year one. And I think they will do it within the next two Grand Prix, if not hungry, next weekend. Well, let's uh, be excited to see what happens. we got one more race before the summer break. and uh, Talking of breaks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and hopefully they've sorted that problem out, or at yes. least Grosjean has. Hopefully that's true. All right, so let's talk about some more Formula One stories. I think probably... Uh, the, obviously, the biggest story is the Halo story, and uh, let's jump in and talk a little bit about that. I, mean, I want people to call up and talk about that too, because yeah, that's a controversial to... thing, uh, and I'm, 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 I've certainly got my opinion on it. Um, I, I'd like anybody to challenge me as well, uh, but I think it's a great subject to open up because it's it is controversial. It has been for the last few years. Yeah, if you want to call in five five one two six four three five four eight three five one two six four three live. Uh, you can also post on Facebook. We'll respond to your comments and your tweets. Yep. And so, you know, the first thing that come, that I think of when I see this thing is it just looks horrible. I mean, I love the idea of the shields, any of these things that look more like a, a windshield. But this thing looks so weird and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it would get tough to be able to have a post going up in front of your face to, to uh, yeah. get used to looking around it and things like that. And then, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier off air the the parallax that Vettel was having issues with the screen and we're talking about the distortion of the vision uh seeing through it when the uh, I forget what they called that one but uh the curved screen that was about head high all the way around him yeah I still question why not the fighter jet canopy I agree that's I, wh- that's where I was going I understand you know the egress to escape out of it uh is an issue when upside down Somebody also mentioned there are dynamics over some of these designs, you know, impacting the air intake box. I know, and you stick think, it way up there and there. Remember 1976? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you said this less, but it's like safety. I mean, it's, it's for a fighter jet. 
And aerodynamics, it's again, it's for a fighter jet, but I, I don't know. And the other one, by the way, is called an aero screen. That's what they're aero calling Aero screen, there you go. Well, I mean, you're getting to the fundamentals of it, and this is the controversy, is that the, the old school, and I'm not one of those, um, believe that open wheel should be open cockpit. And yeah, I don't believe right. that. I think it's antiquated. I think it's rubbish. Um, it's not necessary. I think safety is far more necessary. Uh, I've lost two good mates, um, uh, not necessarily that way, but certainly with Justin Wilson. Not that necessarily the halo will have protected him, but it's unnecessary. And in this day and age, I say, yeah, full cockpit and um, you find the best safety. Nothing's 100% safe. You're racing missiles. Come on, guys. Uh, it's never going to be 100% safe. But if you can do anything, and this halo does, that helps. Um, the best example is Massa's bolt to the head, literally. Uh, yeah. And frankly, um, this is going to be controversial, but Ayrton Senna's um, death um, back in 1994 was a head injury. Um, a suspension rod kind of... You know, that was basically it. Now, again, I'm not saying that that could have been prevented. Uh, accidents are going to happen and freak accidents are going to happen. Um, but I do think, and I, I'd go as far as to say, I mean, you know, Formula E has taught us. We were all very du dubious. It's here to stay, guys. And the future is here. And I think all of us, uh, along with Liberty, we need to look to the future of Formula One. And I'm glad to see... Um, that Liberty are doing that, uh, and I'm glad to see that the work um, that's been put in by ex-drivers on this, remember we sat um, watching this two, two, three years ago uh, at the Formula One press conference where we sat and oh, watched yeah. um, uh, them get take us through the ideas at the time. Yeah, that's right. For that special committee. Um, I'm trying to think of the driver. can't remember his name, but I'll remember it in a minute. But the point is, I, I, I would go one step further and say, hey, there could be a point down the road where these could become advertising hoardings, literally, because you could laser a, you know, laser the front of a car, especially sitting on the grid, with an with a with an with an actual ad advertising. Yeah, you know what I'm getting at is, look, you sit and watch the Lone Star Le Mans. We're going to talk about that later, but I don't have any problem watching Earl Bamber or Brendan Hartley in a space age rocket Porsche. Which is exactly the same. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 so what's the big problem about it? Be, oh, it's got to be open wheel. You know, it's like, well, come on, guys. And yeah. I think Indy will follow open suit. Open cockpit, open wheel. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think Indy will follow suit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because there is so much to this. And I, I think I haven't heard as much about that tradition you know, I, yes, there's a there's has been some chatter about that. I think it's just mostly been about the way it looks. Everybody's just going. This looks horrible. It just looks weird and funky. And to me, having that post in the middle, I I, I don't know how you can see through the I, well, thing. Well, that's without. why I'm saying I think I think. It, sorry, I never really made my point, which I think this is just stage one. Um, I really do. I think this is, yeah, it's coming huh. in 18. They said they would do something on that lines because it would, you know, it's been, there's been several issues. We've had several incidents and they said they would make a move and they have, but I think this is stage one. I do. I really do. I think, um, that, like I said, we'll, we'll end up with closed cockpits. You know, this just occurred to me, you know how the NFL has dealt with concussions, right? Yeah. So it is... With the NFL, they, they were to me they were driven by the potential lawsuits because it started bubbling and bubbling, and now it's to the point now where they're saying, you know, you you the NFL knew that all these players were going to have trouble. Well, you know, I, everybody knows that the NFL is dangerous, and everybody knows that race driving a race car is dangerous. But if you could, as a sport, do something that could prevent injuries or death, then maybe they're saying you could be held liable. Maybe that maybe this is what. F1 is thinking is that 
we're going to start somewhere. We're going to start adding this halo. We're going to add the halo now. And if there is a better solution down the road, so be it. But at least we're doing something now. Alexander Wurtz. That's who I was trying to think of. That's right. And he has been, and I want to give him credit, he has been literally single-handedly helping develop this to the halo point. And he came with several, uh, um, you know, kind of, uh, designs effectively to to mm-hmm. Austin a few years ago showed remember, us those designs. Yeah, they, we yeah. got to see them at yeah. the time. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, and he said, "I'm going to work through this, and I'm going to, you know." And they have been trying a lot of things out. I think the other point I'd like to make uh, is that I think that at the end of the day, this should be the driver's decision. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what, in many ways, the sports thinks. It's their lives on the line. Um, you know, uh, safety is safety. It's all all precautions. You only have to go to the Circuit of the Americas to see what safety... I'm going to argue that a little bit. Well, okay. Let me finish my, okay, let me finish my point. <laughs> but no, but you only have to go to the Circuit of the Americas to see how the safety of the crowd and of the audience is kept with fencing and with runoff um, traps and so on and so forth. So I think that the drivers should be protected in the same way and they should have a say, a massive say in this. It's their lives on the line. If they refute what I say and say, no, 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 we want open cockpits, so be it. That's, I mean, you know, it's gladiatorial stuff. It's up to them. All right, okay. Here you go. I'm no, done we're getting now. closer. We're getting closer. Good. I say give them a couple of options. Don't let them pull an Earnhardt and say, no, I'm not wearing a Hans device. Yeah. Okay. You can have a halo, you can have the, you know, the arrow screen, or Earnhardt's you can have never a... never had a halo. Yeah, nobody on Speed City wears <laughs> halos. You can have a uh, arrow screen, you can have a halo, or you can have the jet fighter cockpit cover, the canopy. Well... But you will, you know, you as a driver, we're giving you those choices, but you will have one of these. You know... I would be good with that. Part of the FIA's uh, announcement, they said, and it goes to what you were just saying, Jonathan, it says that they're going to go ahead and introduce the Halo, Halo for 18, saying it is the best solution currently in existence. Yeah. So exactly that. I mean, that's a that's their official statement, saying that that it's currently the best thing they got and that it'll potentially be other things. So, Which I think it is. I mean, looking at the other... By, by the way, we should mention the other ones. Um, there's been a, a screen-like device, uh, effectively almost popping back to the days of the 70s when they had those big perspex screens, but effectively, like, uh, imagine a, an elongated motorcycle yeah, bubble, bubble, yeah. Uh, which uh, Sebastian Vettel was trying. But and I'll bring Professor Kaiser Professor in Parallax. here. Who, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> basically Vettel was getting very drunk from from driving a car with this. He was paralytic, evidently, or parallax. <laughs> is it parallaxic? Parallax is parallax. I thought what it's just, the, just dis- the way I walk. Oh, well, it's it's the distortion <laughs> of images when you look through glass. Or, you know, other clear, supposedly clear I have a images. lot of Saturday nights like that. <laughs> that's the bottom of the glass. That's different. <laughs> it's always half full. Uh, I think that's our cue to take a break. <laughs> Another round. I'm paralyzed. Uh, yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break, guys. And when we come back, we're going to continue discussion on Formula One. And uh, we're also going to have Patrick Lindsay come on the show. Listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Roxanne. 
Via Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. We know Austin traffic can be a challenge. Come on, I can try to take you that gap. Put your foot on the gas and move it. Beat the commute with time saver traffic. Mornings and afternoons on Talk 1370. The right choice. When news happens, it happens here. Talk 1370. The right choice. Hi, I'm Will Hardeman, driver of number 19 WPD More Speed Porsche 991 Cup Car, and you're listening to Speed City. Another Porsche driver. A good one, too. Yeah. Hey, he had a great weekend. Wrapped up second place this weekend. Congrats, Will. Yeah, nice work. And so, uh, yeah, really turned out well. It's great. And, you know, folks, uh, I know you all have heard us talk about Will, or if you haven't, go back and check it out. Will's seriously only been in a race car Less than three years, three years now, I yeah, believe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before that, all he had was, uh, you know, backyard yard carts to play in. And uh, But he's got into it. And, you know, he talks about what got his interest up in it. I still uh, think that's one of the most successful uh, motor racing stories worldwide, I've heard. Uh, and it just happens to be on our own doorstep. But I don't, I mean, you know, I, I've asked, you know, I remember asking Scott Pruitt, um, you know, have you ever seen anything or heard of anything like that? And he's like, no, nobody, nobody does that. Not at this age, because he, he's not a young kid by any means. He's no. not even young 20s. And so he's, you know, somebody that was interested in it, but never really took the opportunity to go anywhere uh, to, you know, spend much, put much effort into going and dealing with it. He said it wasn't until the Circuit of the Americas started showing up and becoming a reality that he was like, ah, it'd be fun to be out there. And then he actually saw it and he goes, I want out there now. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's, fun. it's interesting you put it that way because when you actually think about it, Austin, I still think, you know, isn't, isn't as connected as we like. Uh, and we've tried our bit um, yeah. to the Circuit of the Americas. But there, there is a bona fide racing driver to come out of Austin, Texas. Not that there have been many, and there are many that live here, yeah. uh, Price Cobb included, who's one of his mentors, um, Willie T. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there, yeah, there's a, there's a few around. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's plenty of Texans who've been great racing drivers over the years, from AJ Foyt, you name it. Um, but, it, you know, this is a homegrown international star now and he and i say international star but he's racing at the highest level i mean he you know he could literally go straight and race at le mans yeah, yeah he uh he did great this week it was uh 
really great watching him race as well. And, you know, a lot of things coming up. I mean, he had some weather to deal with, and that finally got him all the way through everything that was happening. And, you know, he's in another new car this year. And so it's all part of the changes in what he's coping with. Yeah. But uh, it, it's just, you know, nothing short of phenomenal, his entire story and going from, you know, the the kid with the, you know, probably a little Briggs and Stratton pull start card out in the backyard to, to what he's doing now. Yep. Well, hey, I want to go with some more F1 stories. Uh, there's one that uh, I thought was interesting. It says Mercedes F1 engine chief warns against underestimating Honda. And this is uh, the F1 engine chief for Mercedes F1 is Andy Cowell. And he said, uh, he said, despite Honda's uh, problems, he said, he's uh, he's looking for them to to uh, bounce back in the near future. I just thought it was interesting. It, <clears throat> what do you what do you think about that, Jonathan? The fact that he, <laughs> to be honest, I you know I, I know Honda more from the motorcycle world where they continue to be hugely successful, uh, and they are the biggest motorcycle maker in the world. They are also one of the biggest manufacturers of cars in the world, and they are also one of the most successful motorsport. Um, you know, teams, yeah. uh, and I say teams, i.e. Honda Racing, yeah. whether it be Indy Global or, Rallycross, yep. whether it be IndyCar, whether it be Honda Civics Racing in TCR, in touring cars, um, uh, they have a sensational record. So knowing them and knowing how the Japanese culture is, this is a huge, huge, and I cannot reemphasize this, huge embarrassment to them. Yeah. Massive, massive. Oh, like, you think of the, the way the Japanese possible. culture oh. is. This is a well, and also I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Formula One race in Japan and and the fa- how the fans react to both Japanese drivers and their you know heroes like Vettel and so on. You know they are absolutely Formula One mad, and to have their only representation effectively uh, in Formula One right now um, be basically at the back end and at the bottom of the pile, having had a history uh, in the past with the same team as ultimate, you know, unbelievable winners. This is a massive, massive, massive story uh, and sad story for for Honda fans and Japanese fans of Formula One. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I want to go to our guest because we just called in on the line and we're very excited to have him. He's from just down the road a piece in Dallas and uh, had a fantastic weekend. We're going to welcome Patrick Lindsay just back to Speed City. Welcome back, Patrick. Hey, uh, it's great to be back. Thank you guys for uh, having me, uh, especially after a really exciting weekend for us. And, uh, and yeah, Park Place, we're just down the road from you guys in Dallas. Uh, the Porsche dealership is uh, pretty well known in those parts. Absolutely. Oh, yes. well, congratulations. <laughs> it's, it's one of my must visits in Dallas, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on the win. That's fantastic. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was um, it was a hard fought race. You know, Lime Rock is kind of akin to the Bristol Blender for sports cars. Um, <laughs> it it was a battle royale, and uh, with GT Racing, you know, we got fenders and we use them. So it was uh, <laughs> it was a whole lot of fun, and uh, you know, we were lucky enough to come out on top. Um, a little pit strategy towards the end put my uh, teammate Jörg Bergmeister, factory driver, um, ahead of the guys at the end, and he just uh, did a magnificent job saving his tires, saving his stuff. He's uh, he's a master. Patrick, I, I don't want to belittle anything here, but when you just roll off your teammate being Jörg Bergmeister, and I know <laughs> so much of his history, um, 
and I then then looked up that you've raced with Kevin Estrin and all these other guys. You, you you like a challenge. I mean, these are guys that Porsche hold in huge admiration, um, and they don't send people over to race unless they think they're competent. So, first of all, hats off to you for you know for sort of finding yourself up next to these guys. But what's it like, fi- uh, you know, you know, as a teammate to to some of these real badasses of sports car racing? <laughs> um, I, it's been an experience. You're right, and I've been extremely fortunate in our program to drive with really the greats of, in sports car racing. Um, of course, uh, you mentioned Kevin, uh, Patrick Long, Spencer Pimpella, Jörg Bergmeister now, and it's just it's amazing. It's it's really fun. We've even done you know stints with Brian Sellers here or there, and um, all these guys. You know the 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 true thing is they are champions you know they're ultra competitive there is nothing that's going to stand in their way from going to the front i mean they have that innate ability of car control and all those things you want in a driver but the competitive spirit is so fierce in all these guys and i mean you you guys have seen it over the years um with jurg and pat and their success kevin estra by the time he got his shot with porsche how much of a bullet he is and getting to watch them you know, really front and center inches away from you and see what they can do in the car has been really spectacular. It's, it's helped me um, for sure in my driving. And, um, you know, I'd like I'd like to say, you know, a couple of the cases, maybe I taught them something. But if, if, if that was it, it's only about how to eat and which Waffle House is the best. <laughs> that I do not believe. <laughs> hey, so it's been, uh, well, we saw you back in the spring. And... So tell us about the GTD Porsche now. How are you feeling in it? What's the difference that you're feeling as a driver now that things have settled in? Um, we, you know, we've had a year with this car, and um, I, I tell Porsche people that ask because you know, Porsche folks know that they're the cars are very difficult to drive. But Porsche engineered this car to drive a little bit more like a mid-engine car, so they helped some of the rear suspension geometry out uh, for us. And it's funny because we engineered a little bit more of the Porsche characteristics, you know, drive it in hard on the nose, turn it hard, power down, you know, a little bit more of that Porsche technique. Um, and we ended up yielding a little bit more speed uh, out of the car. And uh, now we're just in the finer tuning when we unloaded a track. You know, for the most part, we know our window that we want to operate the car in. Lime Rock's a special case. You know, it only has one left-hand corner. We do a little different setup there in Daytona. But for the most part, all these other tracks, you know, we have our window. We know our our ride heights, all our springs, you know, um, all the good stuff. We have all those hard numbers. So this car, we have good familiarity with it. Um, we got a little bit of help, of course. I hate to mention it, but BOP, you know, was rough earlier in the season for us. Um, mm-hmm. The series kind of looked at it. They've, um, you know, they've tried to, to help where they can. Um, you know, they have the hardest job out of any of us. You know, we may have to go get in a fast race car and figure out how to drive it, but um, those guys have the impossible task because no one is going to be happy with them. And we try to appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, we were um, a little handicapped, uh, you know, previous races. So that's helped some too. Um, but then just solid strategy, just doing what we know how to do, which is execute, not make mistakes, um, hit our marks and our pit stops and everything, which is what we did at Lime Rock, you know. And, and now with all the other things coming together, it's just uh, finally we get to yield the results. Well, it is. Uh, I was watching the race this weekend and looking at you guys, and I, it was really. It reminded me, for one, how gorgeous Lime Rock is. I've been up there, and it's incredible. But, uh, but you guys, it was. It seemed like a real good fundamental kind of pretty low error kind of race for you guys. It it was. You know, um, we we did have a couple obstacles. Uh, in my stint, we were coming up on lap traffic, and I actually. Uh, 
you know, had gained a couple spots in the start and then lost two spots to the Lexuses. Uh, the 14 and the 15 got around me through traffic, and I wasn't very happy about it. I actually had contact with one of the cars. Um, so there was some stuff early on. We had a smoking tire, which uh, was bodywork. We fixed it on the first pit stop, took an extra few seconds. But, you know, that same lap traffic was really kind to us in Jurg's first and second stint. And so, I, you know, it gives and it takes, right? But you know what you mentioned, Limark is a beautiful place, and it's actually, I think, the best spectating track that we go to all year. You know, it's a mile and a half. You can see about a mile, so two-thirds of it, um, from your perch on the hill. So for fans to come um, and experience the beauty and experience sports car racing, and they don't even have to really watch the TV except for about 10 seconds. The cars are back on the front straight. They get to see all the action right in front of them. So I think that's what makes it special. You know, it's history there. It's, um, it's just a great place to go race. Yeah, last time I was up there, it was actually in the fall. I was doing Skip Barber up there, and it, the leaves were turning, and my wife was running around to all the little shops all around town while I was running around the racetrack. It was a, like a dream weekend. It was pretty cool. I got a, I got a question. You pack all those, all those stores and antiques and everything, so the family can have something to do, too, which, which always you know helps make the sale of, hey, honey, we're going to the racetrack a little easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say that that probably cost about the same, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. Well, you know what we did, though? When we we rented, this was a long time ago, when the BMW little coupe came out, the Z3 or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We rented one of those, and we pulled up in it, and all the Skip Barber instructors were like, hey, so we're going to take this out on the track? And I was like, no, yeah, no. because the renters <laughs> already said so. When I left the rental, they, they walked out and so I could see it and measured the tire, de- the tread depth, and said, if it's out of the ordinary when you get back, you will be buying new tires for I, this. I was about to say, Patrick will tell you this. For somebody who's been to pretty much every track, whenever I get a rental car and they say, well, do you want a map? You go, yeah. They go, well, which way are you heading? You go, oh, just, you know, South. somewhere. <laughs> you know, is that right, Patrick? Would you say that? <laughs> I always, I always operate, you know, wreck it, it's a rental. First of all, it's not your car. Remember that. <laughs> but then the other, the other thing is I always fear that they have the GPS and they, they have like <laughs> telemetry or something like knowing what we're up to. Um, yeah. But they haven't said anything yet. So you know what? Just keep going, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, Patrick, I've got a question for you. What went wrong with your career? Because did you not read the script? You're from Bakersfield. <laughs> so you're, you're in, you can't be in sports car racing. You're supposed to be in NASCAR. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely share, um, you know, common ground with Kevin Harvick, um, Casey Mears. You know, those guys are, of course, better known uh, from, from Bakersfield in their, uh, you know, what we call roundy round. Because, you know, we <laughs> we grew up going to the dirt oval um, and Mason Moran, which was a small uh, asphalt oval. It doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But those guys were there and, you know, they were they were big names even before they were big names to us. And, um, no, I think I was just more intrigued by... Um, kind of the finesse and the, I don't know, it's it's just cool. Sports car racing is what it is. You recognize the cars, you know. You have a piece of your heart um, in, in that Porsche or that, you know, Corvette or whatever it is that's going around the track. And, you know, you recognize that car, you root for it, you have that visceral connection to, to that car and that team, you know. And, and people have that in NASCAR and, and IndyCar and other sports. But for me, it was a uh, sports car racing in, in, in particular, and I just I just loved it from day one. But on a serious note, I mean, did you, am I right in saying that you started by, by basically drag racing back in Bakersfield? You're 100% right. I was actually, um, before it was uh, more popular and, um, you know, kind of featured on the, on the silver screen, I was a uh, street racer. And that's what we did for fun. You know, it was either go to a field party or go cause trouble in town or, you know, take your car and go out and, you know, just have, have fun on a farm road, um, you know, quarter mile uh, with your buddies. And that's what we did. And, 
You know, we, we bet on it a little bit. We would also do it in Los Angeles and some of the other more well-known places where the stakes were, uh, you know, a little higher from a dollar figure. But it was um, it was fun, and it was a way to scratch the motorsport itch. I haven't done it in, of course, a very, very, very long time. But um, <laughs> as, as soon as sports car racing was an option for me, and, you know, it's it's not cheap. It's very expensive. And so <laughs> as soon as it was an option for me, I, I went that route instead. Uh, you just described my youth introduction <laughs> to cars, too. It was all here in Central Texas. and. Driving out on the dirt roads and running up the Little River uh, drag strip and uh, down to the oh, San Antonio Temple. Yeah. yeah, the Little Little River was really where that was the first racing I ever did was on a drag strip down in this podunk little spot out in the middle of Patrick, nowhere. And let me tell you about Little River drag strip. It the the pavement that you drive on used to be the highway, but when the new highway was being built a hundred yards east of the old highway, they traded the farmer with the old highway. <laughs> And took out the bridge. Well, he was smart enough to look out there and leave the asphalt, and he put up some fences around it and started letting all the farm kids come out and drag race. The problem was, if you were if, if your car was more, it did more than what about 110, 115 in the quarter. You were hitting the brakes pretty hard before yeah, you yeah, had about two hundred yards to stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Patrick, what did you drive back in those days? Oh my gosh! All right, I'm going to embarrass myself, but actually, uh, I, all I had to to take was dad's pickup truck that had a 454 and so i bought a 500 nitrous kit and that was my <laughs> awesome on, yeah, come on yeah so it was awesome until one sunday morning when uh, dad went to the truck and fired it up when the exhaust cutouts were open uh <laughs> i forgot to close it, and there was a nitrous bottle on the floor it, that that was you know that put a hamper on my street racing for at least a month or two so and you're telling me was, you can't teach your boy burgmeister something i'll tell you <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what take him out in that <laughs> Uh, your guys' own special stories. He'll tell them to you sometime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mine was no, a... Sh- it was, it, there was a little father-son, you know, talk after that. But, <laughs> Y'all bet. Mine was a Chevy pickup with a, with a 383 short block with nitrous. I swear that was exactly what mine was. <laughs> We'd ho- hopped it up a little bit with a 383, and then we had a nitrous kit. It was only like a 100 shot, but because uh, it still had the turbo 400, it probably, or turbo 350, <laughs> it would have blown it up, yeah. Oh, well, Patrick, uh, this is very exciting. And I, I, before we let you go, I want to ask you a couple of questions. One, uh, I want you to talk about your team, your season with Park Place Motorsports and all that, and, and, and what you're expecting and how it's going and all that. Yeah, so Park Place Motorsports, you know, um, officially, you know, our first season was 2013. And um, we've got a really amazing core group of guys um, from the mechanics to the engineers. And so the, the synergy, if you come under our tent, I mean, it's incredible. And, you know, I've been in different paddocks and it's hard to, uh, it's hard to get that with the team. So it's something I'm very protective of, um, as is everybody on the team. And so it's something special and that, that makes it fun to go to the racetrack and be competitive because, you know, uh, when you get a bond with, with everybody under the tent, um, you know, you all are fighting for the same thing. And so that, that competition and that spirit is really strong with park place racing. And, um, when we go and, you know, this season hasn't been, super kind to us we were taken out early in daytona with a fantastic car you know bop through the heart of our season um wasn't really in our favor um you know now we're coming into the home stretch we're going to road america where uh Jurg and i have, have each had independently our own successes second place for um us as a pair last year you know i expect to be strong there uh strong really through the through the balance of the season and uh, i'm hopeful you know we're we're sitting in ninth probably better now in the points so um, a championship's probably out of the question, but it doesn't mean we can't make some waves towards the end of the season and 
we have the team, we have the drivers, and I think we have the experience to to make something happen. So I'm hopeful. You know, I'm hopeful for this team and uh, looking forward to to years to come. You know, I hope that we get to uh, run around with the same core group of guys and continue. Uh, the race with Jurg Bergmeister and you know who, whoever we can get our hands on, I'm sure they'll be they'll be uh, spectacular. All righty. Well, hey Patrick, we always try to wrap things up with uh, one question about the driver, <laughs> a little peek into your personal life, and, and uh, we get some interesting answers. We've you may have already answered it. What is your daily driven vehicle nowadays? Are we going to hear Silverado big block and <laughs> not just spot? I'm looking at the nameplates at Park Place. He's probably yeah. it was it's probably a trick question. You know, it's kind of a trick question. I um, I still do have a Silverado, and uh, I love nice. it. Nice. But... So does Alex Rossi. <laughs> That's what Alexander Rossi told us that he drives every day. It's a Silverado. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's not my daily drive. I do have a Porsche Cayenne, thanks, you know, to the great folks at Park Place in, in Dallas. They hooked me up with that. And I have a little 911 that hardly ever gets driven, but... Uh, that Silverado has a special place, but you—I mean, you guys know—you can't beat the Porsche brand when you drive. If you have the option to drive it, it's just yeah, it's such a good brand. Absolutely, well, Patrick. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations, Congratulations on a yeah. fantastic weekend at Lime Rock, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, hi to everybody out there. Thank you so much for the support, and uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you guys soon. All right, thanks, thanks right, buddy. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Speed City in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin. It is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused. But there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Get breaking news, exclusive contests, and more delivered right to your inbox. I like knowing things. Join the Right Choice Club at Talk1370.com and you'll be in the know. Just go to Talk1370.com and click on the Right Choice Club from Talk 1370. The Right Choice. Danny Walker from American Super Camp and the Broster Chicken Road Race Factory team, and you are listening to Speed City. So get your elbows up. Welcome back to Speed City. If you no. didn't understand that reference, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Danny who teaches 
motorcycle racing. So it's very similar to Colin Edwards. Keep those elbows up. Hey, so you guys remember last week when I said that Justin Bieber accidentally said <laughs> Justin Bieber was coming and y'all gave me a hard uh-huh. time? So I decided that this, all this music you hear, and this was Retaliation. my... Yeah, this is all my oh, music. Oh, I see. <laughs> you're, st- you're trying to prove that you're not an old grandpa. Exactly. Well, I, no, actually, I'm, I am proving I'm an uh, old grandpa. I'm just trying proving gotcha. that, I, that Justin Bieber is not really my, my style. Yeah, not your thing. So that was tonight's music. Hey, let's talk about the Lone Star Le Mans coming to Coda. Yeah, I'm going to say, if you, like, if you like the kind of cars we've been talking about... Exactly. Um, they're coming here, and they're coming to Austin, Texas. Can't wait. 16th of September. It's always a big highlight uh, of Coda's year, I think. And in fact, it, it remains, certainly amongst both the staff and uh, the folks who work at the Circuit of the Americas, because I've kind of asked them, uh, they love that event. They really do. Um, it's, a, it's a chance to really let the venue kind of breathe, as it were. A lot of the other events are in and out, and you're at, you know, it's, it's all happening. Whereas this is a much longer event. And in fact, I, I, you know, just look at the uh, schedule. Um, it's packed this year with really yeah. great racing, and not just sports car racing. There's V8s and F4 and Ferrari Challenge, so really exciting. Yeah, when you say V8s, make, does it get specific? Because that's yes. really cool. It, it's basically the uh, what was effectively the, the Renault 3.5 V8 series of old, the, where the likes of Alexander Rossi, uh, Grosjean, uh, you, oh, know, yeah. you, name, you name him, a lot of them have taken part, Will Power back in the day. Um, but a lot of the great Formula One names that you hear now and the great racing driver names that you hear now, El Bambas, for example, uh, have all raced in the eights uh, and a lot of okay, the big that, teams. That's all cool. But, you know, here's the other part that I really like. There's no little turbo whistles. There's no nothing like that. It's These loud. are loud, obnoxious V8s. It's a like Texas single seater. <laughs> it's a Texas single seater. I tell you, what, if there was ever a championship that was designed for that circuit and to get really excited about single seater racing, and no disrespect for Formula One, get your V8s back. Um, but <laughs> it does it does require just you know definitely absolute, bring earbuds. earbuds. You know, <laughs> definitely uh, bring hearing protection. But it is, you know, the V8 3.5 is a wicked sounding motor, and this is going to get back to the things that'll rattle your chest when they come blowing by. And F4 is going to be here, and there are, I think, three or four Texans involved in the championship. We're going to try and get some on oh, yeah. uh, onto the show, um, and we're going to get some other bad V8 guys on too. Um, there's a, a certain Fittipaldi that you may uh-huh. have heard of, but the new, the latest version of, of Fittipaldi here. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to those guys coming. And, of course, the Ferrari Challenge. Well, that's always great. Um, and we've had that here before. But the F4, interestingly enough, which is, again, a, a, a sort of starting point single-seater um, series, are coming twice. They're going to come in September, and they're coming on the Formula One for their last round. And these are basically teenagers. These are guys that whose names you will not have heard of necessarily, but could well be the future stars, the next Alexander Rossi's, the next, you know, um, Magnussons, whatever you, you know, whatever right. you will. You, you and hopefully know. most of them will be American. Okay, now here's something that, it's not a secret yet, but it's not out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Formula 4, I want y'all to pay attention to it, especially those of you with, with young potential drivers, because... Male or female. There is now a Formula 4 fleet based at the Circuit of America. Yes, there is. That Stay is tuned. So they are currently the being news. fettled by a good friend of the shows. Yeah. 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 And we got to see those bad boys being unwrapped. That was kind of cool. right out and of and being beautiful. assembled. Yeah, they're, they're gorgeous beautiful. cars. Man. Yeah, so stay tuned for all the news around that. And uh, we want to meet some of you 
that get into that fleet and start racing. Well, I think that Speed City, I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but I think we should combine with, I don't know, somebody and do our own team and find find a 12-year-old badass, badassette. I like that. <laughs> and um, get them in the car and see if we can find the next big We're going to have to open thing. up the Kool-Aid stand seven days a week. I think we are. <laughs> we'll sell lemonade and then finance it that way. I think that's a brilliant idea. Of course, you can't sell lemonade, have a lemonade stand here in Austin without a permit. Even if you are six years old, you have to have a permit. Yeah. You do? Anyway. Hey, so I want to move back to Formula One. Because back to Formula One. One of the uh, you know one of the big things this year we've talked about it many times is Liberty Media and, and the, the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> but I want to talk about what they've been doing and the changes. And, and Jonathan, you sent me a story, and I know you want to talk about this because there's there have been some really pretty amazing changes. I think more so than we all expected. I mean, I, I, I yeah, flippantly say the pursuit of happiness, but um, you know, Liberty, the pursuit of happiness. I, I mean, I do believe that Liberty are taking Formula One in their first sort of movement, their first real outward uh, expansion of the brand um, in the right direction. I really do. I think they. I mean, they've done several things since they started, and they've only li- literally been at the reins for six months now. Uh, and in that time, they've opened up social media, they've opened up video, they've opened up the likes of Snapchat, which obviously is no social media, but what, they started a, a Snapchat prerogative, which will also be, I think, in Austin as well, um, getting people to share their uh, experience of the weekend. Um, Facebook, uh, YouTube. YouTube, that's uh, a huge... I mean, you know, you, could, you now, it, it's basically taking Formula One to a wider and more mainstream audience, but the biggest obvious thing that they did was last week of course we we did a whole podcast on on talking about it but um and you can go and look at that podcast it's worth a listen but it was in in london they basically stopped brought london to a a standstill and a hundred thousand people some very much interested in formula one some going what on earth is this and mm-hmm. they basically stopped in the middle of London, and that's not an easy thing to do, having lived there, uh, right by Trafalgar Square, and they ran Formula One. And so this was a, a Liberty thing that was almost, um, what, what was that? It's almost, a, you could call it a pop-up. I mean, no one really knew. It was a lot of planning behind the scenes. They didn't announce it a yeah. few days before. It was Which pretty, is pretty impressive. Yeah. And a clever thing to do, because if you'd have announced it in London, I mean, you know, you want an argument. It, stopping London is, you know, could go on through the council, through the parliament, you know, da 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 So actually to do it, the way they did it and pull it off the way they did it was brilliant. And I hope, and I've said it right at the day, I tweeted out, I hope Austin does something similar. Um, I hope you're listening, Austin Council. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you call them? Austin Government? Yeah, uh, City, City Council. Council. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, you know, I think that's the marriage that we need. Uh, and now, and, and Coda, of course, in the past have done some great downtown um, oh, yeah. uh, activations. It was, to me, what... Uh, what they did in London was similar to what yeah. we have done here at, in Austin. I but mean, I'd like to see it the next step, to the next level, yeah, yeah, and get more cars involved and get get the get. You got to if you stand next to a Formula One car, you can't help but be impressed. Yeah, and that goes true of um, you know Porsche, you know Porsches as well, and and sports cars. I mean, can you imagine if uh, Weck ran one of the cars down down a street uh, here? I yeah. mean, you know, it, it really is quite a sight, and those cars up up close are very impressive. So Formula One, you know, I think that they this is a a huge deal what they did in London. But you you touched on one thing, and I I, I commented, but one of the the bigger things they may have done is is YouTube because. Remember before, they didn't even have a YouTube channel, what, three years ago. So now they've got a YouTube channel that they're putting out multiple videos a week. 
And every week now, they put out like a five or six minute video that with all the highlights of the race. I mean, you remember how closely held any, oh, everything. any video at all, whether yeah, it was Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton from the paddock getting his wrist slapped. But, you know. but this is huge. You know, yeah, the events at each city, you know, are great. But YouTube has such a broad reach and it has its own reach. It's its own search engine like Google. And I think that could be so massive. And they've got such a cool sport to put out there. So we're already and, seeing a reflection of Liberty Media and the changes in the direction that they're going to go. The survey that was out there uh, is phenomenal. It winds up sharing a couple of items that are really important that we already see coming to fruition. Said, you know, they don't, you know, in this huge survey that was taken for Formula One fans, they didn't want gimmicks. They didn't want reverse grids. They didn't want, you know, ballast managing. Yeah, yeah. Your high school (laughs) popularity. (laughs) Your high school popularity contest at Formula E. They didn't want, you know, to, they didn't really want to change the tires the way they're going. It, you know, it seems like, though, we complain about tire wear every once in a while. That's not it. What they want is a return to V8 engines and an introduction of the team budget cap. They need to get that under control and to, to really start having more of that racing. One of the things that specifically was called out is they want live and uninterrupted free to air coverage of formula one races 20 times a year yeah interesting well i want to we have a gentleman our intern sitting in the studio and who is what 19 20 years old he's smarter than that and (laughs) and i want to i want to get his take on because what they're trying to do is 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 for the yeah fewer age groups sir but i want (laughs) to but we've got to take a break but so when we come back we're going to hear a millennial's take on (laughs) formula one and what they're doing don't give him that (laughs) moniker it's such a negative term these days i know it is such a negative and i i don't I don't even want to brand you with that, but I definitely want to get Matt's we'll get take Matt on this. We'll get Matt on the show. So, all right, well, let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll continue the discussion about Formula One. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. 
Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Join me weekdays for This Morning, America's First News. Hear the stories you'll be talking about and searching for all day as we go beyond the headlines and above the chatter. Weekdays at 5 on Talk 1370. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. Uh, Andy Prio driving for Ford Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is Speed City. I know the question you're going to ask. <laughs> 1953, Robin's Egg Blue, Austin Healey, Mark II. That's the kind of car that was in the video for there Tears for Fears. Oh, okay, yeah. Boom! Another one of my favourite songs. And I think it was Roland Alathabal, who is the name of one of Tears for Fears, yep. who, was the, who was the fan of, of that car. Oh, but that cool. I fell in love with. Both the song and the car. And the car, yeah. <laughs> if you, you know, if ever you're thinking, I, you know, you look getting Christmas or my birthday, February 20th, <laughs> if you just, you know, kind of go, oh, Johnny, you know, what can I get him? <laughs> 1953, Robin Eggs, Robin Eggs Blue. I can't even say it. I'm so excited. It's an Austin Healey. <laughs> and it's British, hey, don't be- you know? Before we go back to Formula One discussion, Jonathan, you want to talk about our friends at Ducati Austin are, are sponsoring an event. It's really cool. Yeah, the Austin Duck Derby, uh, and there are huge prizes, including um, winning a VW 2017 Jetta S. But second prize. This one will pass inspection. (laughs) Second prize, and this is where Ducati come in, is a 2017 Ducati Scrambler 62. And I was. Touching and feeling one the other day as I was in the store uh, with Vito and the boys and girls there. And um, by the way, the store has never looked so oh my good. Gosh, if you yeah. haven't been to Ducati Austin, get down there. They've redone the showroom. It looks badass. They've got the D Air, the new jacket. Uh, you know the, so, uh, the, the the has the, the airbags, the airbags in it. They've got that. Um, they've redone, reshaped it, and remolded it, as it were, in terms of the the, the look of the place. It's looking really good. Um, but the Duck Derby, um, which is August fifth, in fact, but uh, throughout the next few weeks, um, if you and if you want to get involved, it's a, if you've never been to this, it's really good. AustinDuckDerby.com. What you do is you sponsor a and rubber it, and duck. Translate that Derby, Austin Duck Derby. Oh, Derb, Derby, Derby, sorry, Derby. Derby. We, are, we are in uh, Texas. <laughs> uh, that's right. It's AustinDuckDerby.com. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> Is that right? No, no, you're in another state now. I don't okay, know which what, one. What state I? I don't know. Okay. I'm in a real state. That's what I mean. <laughs> you kind of extend a McConaughey. Ad. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right. It's austin.derby.com. Okay, you know it. Anyway, it's going to be August 5th, and we let a bunch of rubber ducks onto Ladybird Lake and see who wins, and you sponsor them. I think that's an awesome thing to do. Well, I, I I love all that, but you said I can win a Ducati. I mean, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. me. You 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 got me there. So well, you... that's second prize. First prize is the Volkswagen. Third prize is a one week stay at the Fairmont Heritage pl- um, Place in Telluride, Colorado. Not bad. I'd like to have that sort of December twentieth. <laughs> can I <laughs> for a week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was thinking the summer. Can I uh, take yeah. the Ducati up to Telluride and the- now that. Actually, is a good idea. Now, anyway, we're getting off the subject. Let's get back to Matt. Yeah, so Matt, we want to ask you, uh, obviously, we we're talking about YouTube and all the other social media that Formula One, that now with Liberty Media, are they doing the right thing to get younger fans? Yeah, no, for sure. I think they're definitely doing the right thing, um, especially with just kind of small video series that they have on their YouTube channel. Um, so like race radio highlights and stuff like that, you know, there's always... It's always some, you know, Kimi Raikkonen funny radio or something like that, or Daniel Ricciardo, uh, 
and uh, Grill the Grid, what they've been doing is, you know, really fun to watch. Um, it's great, great stuff, you know, fun, fun to watch for, you know, really any Formula One uh, fans, especially people my age, you know, they're on YouTube a lot. Yeah, also, I was going to ask you about the way you guys use YouTube. Like, you're friends with my son, and he doesn't w- watch television. I mean, YouTube is his, that's his primary source. And and so I'm assuming you're like a subscriber and you get notifications. And, and, and so how is how is Formula One, the way they're doing it, interacting? How is that, how they're technically, how are they connecting with you? I think it's great. Um, definitely, like, these shorter form videos are great for younger fans like me. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm 19, so, you know, the, I'd, I'd be happy with, you know, as much Formula One coverage as I could get. But um, it's a great way to get younger fans into the sport. And do you think these things like Snapchat will work? Um, I mean, you know, it's a great way to consume because a lot of people, like you say, don't have cable and they may not want to watch a whole, whole, uh, you know, weekend of, of racing, which we, which we would. But, yeah. uh, but but the snap, but the consumer way of a 10-second video or a group of 10-second videos all in the same, you know, basically the same storyline, which is what they're going for with Snapchat, uh, w- w- would work, won't it? I, I think it will, and... Um I think Snapchat and uh, even now, like Instagram stories, what they have going, it's a cool way to get an inside look at the Formula One drivers' lives. Because uh, not only do they post things at Formula One races and stuff like that, but they'll post about their their training and just generally what's going on in their life, which is, it's, it's cool to know. Well, do you, let me stop you though. Jonathan said something about not watching the full show, but do you watch the full, you probably do watch the full race, right? Nah, yeah. Oh, I, I do, yeah. I'm, I mean, you're an exception to the, to I'm, the ruler. I, I'm Good, a diehard you know, motorsports <laughs> fan. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll still watch the entire thing. Well, all right, guys, we're just about out of time. Uh, thanks, Matt. That's, that's exactly what we want to hear is that, that Formula One is doing the right thing to, to reach younger audiences. And, uh, but, but yeah, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for this for tuning in this afternoon, and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, if you want to check us out on the website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Any other points, Jonathan? You yeah, to- d- just to remind you, we're, we're now going to be doing weekly podcasts where we're going to pick oh, yeah. the subject. We'll social media at it. Um, we've got one we put out like, a couple of weeks ago on Liberty Media and the effectively the pre Formula One Silverstone race and our thoughts on that. Um, uh, you know, and we we'll, we can discuss the halo. There's a lot of subjects I'd like to. Discuss. I'd like to go deeper into um, that, uh, maybe with some guests. Check them out on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Talk to you soon. Ciao, y'all. Take talk with you anywhere with the all-new Talk 1370 app. Listen to your favorite shows, keep up with the latest breaking news, and more. Search for Talk 1370 in the App Store or find the links at Talk1370.com. It's anywhere I need. Talk 1370, the right choice. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.